I'm Bob Brill, and he's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast, and now a videocast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the videocast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Right now, we're going to take a look at how we did for you. So how did we do for you last week? Well, we liked Josh Allen against the Steelers, and he was solid with 238 and a pair of TDs. We liked Taysom Hill, who had 291 and two TDs, plus 33 rushing. Justin Herbert was solid with 243 and two TDs. We talked about Jalen Hurts being an upgrade over Wentz and a win and 106 yards rushing, despite the lack of passing yards, has to be successful. He also tossed a TD pass. We did not see Drew Locke with four TD passes. I like Cam Akers, 171 rushing, more than expected. You like David Montgomery, 113 and a score and three catches. That was worth a bundle. We both like Jonathan Taylor. What a day he had, 150 and two scores. We like Diggs, who had 10 for 130 and a touch. We also like Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson. I like Brandon Ayuk, and they were all solid. You like Mike Gasecki, and he had five catches and two scores at tight end. So trending up this week, we have Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Drew Locke, Gabriel Davis, and Russell Gage. Trending down, got to say it, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford, Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, what about your views on this week? Well, first, let me back up on something you said about nobody saw, or no, you said uh, we did not see Drew Locke with four touchdown passes. No one saw Drew Locke with four touchdown passes. The game before his last game, I think he had maybe a hundred and something yards, a couple of touchdowns, a couple of interceptions. So that was his best output of the year so far, fantasy wise. Anyway, um, my reaction to this weekend was what the heck happened in Chicago? The bears were dominant and Trubisky even looked good. And for a day better than Watkins Montgomery exploded with what an 80 yard touchdown on their very first possession on the very first play of their first possession. You called it, man. You, you said he, he was going to go off this week. Well, you've been calling it all year because he <laughs> has been running tough. And I think the two players offensively for them this year that have been consistent have been him and Allen Robinson. And I think obviously their defense, the way they stepped up and Khalil Mack getting sacks and forcing fumbles. It was just a, it was fun to watch. And I think, um, you know, the Rams, you've been calling out Cam Akers here in the last several weeks as he's been their guy. And all of a sudden now they've made the switch and I've been, re- I've been reluctant to kind of jump on really one guy with the Rams, but clearly now it's him. And uh, he runs with that same type of attitude as David Montgomery. And I think Aaron Donald and uh, Michael Brockers on defense for the Rams obviously controlled that part of the game as well. So it's, it was fun to watch. And I think I was happy for Sean McVay and really the Rams for, I know they weren't playing for a Super Bowl ring this time. But I think it was in the back of their minds or possibly in the front of their minds to try to avenge that Super Bowl loss from a couple of years ago. And they did. And I think Washington's defense was impressive. They're back, apparently. Now they don't even need an offense to win. They're that good. And uh, I think one of the things that stood out for me, too, is that, uh, you know, will the Saints, now that they've lost the game without Drew Brees, will they rush him back? They've got Kansas City this week. And if they want to keep pace with Green Bay for the number one seed, this is a game they can't afford to lose. So I think for them, they're going to have to decide, is it the number one seed that's important or is it Drew Brees' health that's important? And uh, we'll see what happens there. And I think Brian Flores really quietly has 
he's to me the coach of the year so far in the NFL. Um, what he's done because the Dolphins were last in everything last year. Then they get rid of everybody who looked to be good. And then now look what they are. They are legitimate uh, playoff contender. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to play them right now. Nobody. And the Giants, obviously. Okay, this is a great example how we were talking early in the year. When a guy comes back, Daniel Jones in this case, from a hamstring injury, and it looks to me like they, they pushed him back too soon because he couldn't get out of anyone's way. Combine that with a, a, a porous offensive line, and the, the Giants just were no match for the, the Cardinals this weekend. Um, and I think the last thing I'd like to say is that, unfortunately for you, that Ben Roethlisberger is now playing like, what is he, 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. not 29-year-old. And, uh, you know, he's more of a statue back there right now. They don't take any downfield opportunities to push the ball down the field. Everything is within five or six yards throwing the ball um, of the line of scrimmage. And then, obviously, they don't have a run game right now. And at this critical time of the year, you got to have a running game. And Pittsburgh's always been known for that. So I think it's going to be tough going this part of the year forward for them. Is, is that more the part of – or the fault or the blame, if you want to put it somewhere, uh, of the offensive coordinator, or is he doing what he has to work with? Um, I would say, well, just, okay, going back to the Steelers of the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2000, when have they not had a good run game? So I don't know who is to point the finger at, but – as an offensive coordinator, that's the guy that, you know, sets the tone. Now, do they have the right offensive line coach in place? I'm guessing the guy's been there a while, and they seem to have the talented players up front to do it. Uh, I know they've, they've had a couple of injuries, but I'm not – I'm honestly at a loss why they don't run the football better because, you know, they've got a couple excellent running backs in Benning, Benny Snell and Connor. You know, I was surprised. Uh, second play of the game, they ran a jet sweep with uh, Claypool. He picked up five yards. They never ran it again. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And uh, it was like, okay, you actually got five yards, which was something this team has not been getting. And uh, it's just, uh, I think you're right. Uh, he looked like a statue back there. I, I don't see the zip on the passes. I don't know if right. that's the um, reluctance. You know, uh, one thing I, I did notice, you know, that he had gone 270 pass attempts without being sacked. Um, they want to protect him more than anything based on what happened last year. So I'm wondering if the offense is designed more to keep him healthy than it is to, you know, be imaginative because it's certainly unimaginative. It, it looks that way. I'm okay. So here's a good comparison. Did you watch the game last night? With oh my gosh, with, right? <laughs> with the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah, that was both teams. I mean, it looked like from a couple years ago the Rams playing the Chiefs when they both put up over 50 points. Yeah, it was just you couldn't. And both of them have good defenses, but neither one of them had a chance to stop the other. It was that's what. I'm sure you and a lot of other Pittsburgh Steelers fans would like to see and have seen in the past why that's happening right now or not happening. I don't know. Yeah. Cause the talent's there. I mean, the wide receivers are, are there and, uh, and you know, it's just, I'm not sure anyway. Well, uh, bring up something about that from last week, the guy that wrote in last week asking you which quarterback to start uh, for his fantasy playoff game, Ben Roethlisberger, Sean Watson or Taysom Hill took your advice and he went with Hill. 
who had the most points of the three. Bravo, bravo to you. <laughs> However, to this guy, if he had started Juju Smith-Schuster over Chase Claypool, a wide receiver, he would have won his playoff game, but he lost it by six points. Going into the final night, his, his team had one player left, Chase Claypool. Uh, the other team was done. He was trailing by 10 points. Easy, right? Chase Claypool's been averaging 14. 4.5 points is what he got. Ouch. He's out of the playoffs. And uh, so that guy's history for right now. So, so now you, so now you, sorry, the guy <laughs> is one of us just watching from here one, on. One, one of us. That's right. All right. <laughs> well, Hey, I could tell it hurt. It still even, hurts. <laughs> even, well, I'll say even considering benching Ben, I yeah. could tell, but they don't even attempt downfield throws anymore. I know. Like you said, I mean, the first play to Claypool went for five yards and he never saw it again. Yeah. And there's just no, as we're talking about, there's no setting up of one thing by doing something else. It's just, what are we going to do to get four or five yards? No play. Action. And then no the next play, play, what are we going to do to get four or five more? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, that's what I think you would, as you were alluding to this, the imagination's not there. And, now you're going to be, or that guy is going to be in a quandary because again, here, uh, if Drew Brees comes back, you know, what do you do with Taysom Hill? I'm sure you're going to go back to maybe what you're doing before with him is playing him as a, as a tight end or whatever. But um, I, you know, in looking at, well, I'll, I'll let that go for the moment, but I, I would say that, you know, for the Steelers, the, the word is out now that they are, as good as their record says they are, they aren't. They're Almost like the Bears, off. when they were five and one, they really weren't. And having lost the next six or seven, that showed that. Even though they came up big last week against the Texans, can they sustain it? I don't know. And, you know, they got a game with Cleveland left, and uh, I became a Ravens fan last night because uh, I wanted the Browns to lose because the Steelers can still, even though they've clinched the playoff spot, can still lose the division title and that's wouldn't that be something because they do play each other right last yeah. game of the season yeah they, uh the Steelers play Cincy this week uh Indy and then they finish with the Browns right they and got the two Browns tough teams, teams to now, so so yeah so let's get to this week's games let's start with the Chargers and Raiders gotta love the combo of Herbert and Allen here although Allen was dealing with some soreness after the game so monitor him Eckler is a play here as well Derek Carr seems to have found more consistency He's a start against the Chargers, as are both Aguilar and Waller. What is happening? Why are the Chargers actively trying to lose games? I mean, they've got the talent to dominate, and they looked amazing throughout most of this year offensively, and yet they come down to some critical moments of games where all they've got to do is, say, manage the clock, like in this one, and yeah. then fail. Um but, you know, I was going to mention the, the other guys. You mentioned uh, Keenan Allen and Herbert and, and Eckler. The guy not to forget here is Hunter Henry, the tight end, and who's been very productive this year in the red zone. And as we all know, I mean, that, those are some hidden points right there, especially as you go down this time of year, whether it gets colder, the running game becomes more effective, which becomes play-action game. You know, the play-action game wake, wakes back up, and the tight ends are the ones that, you know, actively take advantage of that down the middle of the field 
Bills at Broncos, hard to bet against Allen or Diggs here after their performance. And I do like Gabriel Davis as a comer here. Uh, Beasley's a flex. Locke and Patrick are starts here for Denver. KJ Hamler seems to be getting touchdown action, so consider him. Uh, and keep an eye on Melvin Gordon, who was injured his shoulder this week. Yeah, well, okay. Let me just say this. Temper your enthusiasm about <laughs> Drew Locke. Do not look for another four touchdown passes out of him. That's true. Um, so he had a good game, no doubt about that. But now this Bills defense they're going to be playing this week is a whole different ballgame. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the Bills are, you know, one of the top teams now in the NFL. Um, so, you know, offensively they're a juggernaut. But the Broncos, I would kind of hold off a little bit, at least on lock. Patrick, I think he's a good play. Um, and as you said, Melvin Gordon, if he's healthy enough, that should be a good play also. Panthers and Packers, Mike Davis, worth a flex shot here. And Robbie Anderson, he's been solid. For Green Bay, start him if you got him. Well, and, you know, Rodgers, uh, of course, literally makes everybody better around him. And Aaron Jones is finally getting uh, the respect and being talked about in a way that is – um, recognizing his unique talents, the speed that guy's got and the ability to break tackles and be involved in the passing game in screens, especially make him productive. And another guy here, don't forget about is Robert Tanyan because he's been sprinkled in this offense. And if there's one consistent guy other than Devonte Adams in the red zone, it's Robert Tanyan. Niners Cowboys, I love Brandon Ayuk here. Coming off a 10-catch, 119-yard day, especially if Debo Samuel is out with that injury. And Jeff Wilson, he's getting volume, so there, there's a reason to maybe a flex for him. Cowboys, Elliott, again, only if you have no one else, and then likely as a flex, and I'm not liking anyone else here on this Cowboy team. Okay, so one of the things talking about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he's now kind of getting lumped in that conversation with Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. next year, what are they going to do? He's going to be making $13 million against the cap next year, the biggest of any running back in the NFL, but yet his production this year doesn't suggest he's worth that. Um, kind of like Carson Wentz is on the downhill, his backups on the rise, and they're going to have a decision to make, or maybe not a decision, but they're going to be that right now they've got the most expensive clipboard holder in the league. And mm -hmm. I think something's going to happen, have to happen with Ezekiel Elliott in, in something where they free up some cap space because there's really not much around him right now. Well, yeah, um, on top of that, you know, the, the cap this year, they haven't decided it's going to be between 171 and 191. It, uh, it's, it's not a big number. No, it's, it's dipping. And as a result of this COVID year, right. So, and I think, um, you know, the Niners, you know, I'm afraid of them too, because afraid of putting any stock in them because um, Mullins really hasn't played consistently at quarterback. Uh, their running game is, as we've said all along, kind of, well, is, is it going to be this guy this week or is it going to be that guy? And Jeff Wilson, you know, maybe he's getting a few more touches than normal, but is that going to continue? I don't know. Uh, but I, I like your play with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he's a young, aggressive, bigger receiver that, uh, you know, I think they're coming to now and, and Mullins is coming to have quite a bit of confidence in. So I like that. Seahawks at Washington. Got Russell Wilson seems to be back on track. Chris Carson is back for Washington. I believe in Logan Thomas, a tight end, but Alex Smith got hurt. So keep an eye on him. If he's out, I cannot recommend anyone on that team because Dwayne Haskins is going to be under center. Right. And I think given, given what Alex Smith has gone through to get onto the field this year, 
and overcoming what he's done, I'm not sure they're going to rush him back. It's, uh, as I understand, it's a calf injury of some sort. Um, and obviously, we all saw Dwayne Haskins, not only during the beginning of the year when he was playing, but then when he came in in, in relief, this past game did not look good. Um, and then, you know, the Seahawks, hopefully, you're right. I think Russell Wilson, you know, has certainly had a lot on his shoulders this year and has responded, at least in the first part of the year, well to that, but then started to kind of try to force some things, look past open guys that were open early, as he even did this past game. And I think uh, now that he's getting settled back in to just doing what he does, uh, getting guys open, hitting the open guy quickly, not taking sacks, not forcing the ball down the field, and he's still obviously got DJ, DK Metcalf you know, as the home run shot every now and then. I like that too. Bears and Vikings. So the Vikings, I think all the usual suspects are good starts here. Even Cousins, who was less than spectacular against Tampa Bay. For the Bears, I'd stick with Montgomery and I'd stick with Allen Robinson and leave the rest to you. Well, <laughs> okay, now I'm stuck like you, right? So the Bears, <laughs> where were the Bears? This entire defensively, I, anyway. And then they show up all at once on the same day. That was great. But now are they going to be able to do it again against the Vikings? I, it's hard to say because defensively, I mean, they just dominated uh, Watson and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Can they do the same against the Vikings? I don't know because they've got, you know, Dalvin Cook is special. And Kirk Cousins, I think, doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's also elusive, uh, you know, making plays, getting outside the pocket, and even making some yards down the field. So, you know, as far as who's going to win the game, I really don't know. I think the Bears have kind of pushed themselves into – yeah, they're a real possibility to win now. Um, but can they do it two weeks in a row? Hard to say. I think what they did offensively was simplify things for Tabisky. They relied on the running game, the outside zones, the bootleg and the play action passes, and gave him one or two reads or run. And that and he did a great job with that. Is If they stick to that game plan, then I think the Bears can repeat that performance, I think. At the Patriots and Dolphins, both teams looking at playoff shots here. So they'll both be playing hard. I do like Tua here. Gaiseki, I like. And uh, Lynn Bowden, who can play both running back or wide out. Uh, I'm going to throw out an interesting statistic here. Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham had a combined fantasy points, combined at quarterback, minus 2.1 in my league. Uh, there, there isn't anyone on this team I can recommend. I can do that. <laughs> I, I might not be a go for the following week, but uh, I, how do you end like, up minus? It's like you know you get minuses for sacks and interceptions, and you have to get yards to get points. And it's like, golly, you know, it, it just boggled my mind. I've right. never seen it. Right, and and I think really, I think what that speaks to is how good the Rams are. Yes, I mean the Patriots offensively. Really, the last, what, five or six games have really not been much of anything. Mm -hmm. Even in the game where they blew out the Chargers, it wasn't because of their offense. And I think that, you know, what the Rams can do defensively, I think, neutralized a lot of what the Patriots did or tried to do offensively. And as you said, the Patriots are going to be playing for their playoff lives. And really, that means their defense is going to be stepping up. Mm -hmm. And they even played well against the Rams. Statistically, the Rams didn't do a whole bunch. Right. They just converted third downs when they had to. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that comes to mind here is, okay, Tua is coming off statistically his best fantasy game of the year. Threw for over 300 yards, made plays all over the place, relied on Gasicki in the red zone. 
can he do that repeat performance against the Patriots defense? I don't think so. The Kansas City Chiefs defensively aren't what the Patriots are. And I think, you know, uh, as everybody always talks about, okay, Bill Belichick has a great way of taking away what you've grown to be good at. And I, I think the Dolphins defensively, that's what they're good at. And they come up with plays here and there to keep drives going offensively. But I think if you put too much on Tua against that defense and Bill Belichick, I think the Dolphins lose that battle. I think if they keep it simple, I think fantasy-wise, Tua is not somebody I would start this week, although Gusecki is. And I think the Patriots, like you said, offensively, there's just nothing there. Jaguars at Ravens. Now you have to stick with James Robinson and Keelan Cole. They seem to have found a rhythm with Minshew. So at least he's a flex play. And after last night with the Ravens, uh, you know, the offense looks tremendous. Right. Uh, the defense is really hurting. I mean, I, uh, it's not a Ravens defense, although, uh, you know, cause they had a lot of players banged up, but they had linebackers playing uh, covering slot receivers and things like that. It was just kind of a mess uh, injury wise. And, but you got to give those guys credit. I mean, you know, the enthusiasm and the determination uh, with all they've gone through this year, you know, and well, Jackson, well, let's, Jackson, let's Jackson. think about this. Let's think about this. Okay. Forget about the Ravens defense. They got blown to shreds, but their team, they've got now the next three games, including the Jaguars. It's the easiest schedule in the NFL. So the Jaguars defense is terrible. I'm now believing in the Ravens in a three-game season. And I think they they set the blueprint offensively last night in Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, and more Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He makes everybody around him better as long as he's playing with confidence. Cramps or no cramps. So, you know, he was amazing. And I think uh, now that he's back on top of the world, it looks like, I think go with him and whoever he gets the ball to consistently, whether it's Hollywood Brown or, you know, um, Dobbins at running back. He himself, though, is a play for sure. Buccaneers and Falcons, Ronald Jones, solid again. Brady is fine, but not spectacular. So if you need a lot of quarterback points this week, I'd lay off him. Antonio Brown has come to play, it seems, so I'd recommend him. Uh, the D looks solid again. Uh, let's go to Ridley, and I've been uh, saying Gage weekly, and this time he's not only caught five passes for 82, but he also threw a 39-yard touchdown pass. So good to go. This game, you know, as you look at it, to me, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick a guy on either team because yeah. um, at this point in the year, it's all of a sudden both teams have kind of gone a little scattered. You know, you don't know who's going to show up for the Buccaneers. Maybe their defense shows up and plays like they're in the Super Bowl. Maybe they don't. Maybe the offense is the same way. The Falcons have been lights out offensively, and all of a sudden they hit the skids. So it's hard to say, really. This is a game, if, I'm, if I've got players on either of these teams – but then I've also got someone on another team, maybe with a better matchup, then I'm playing that guy. Yep. And I, because the Buccaneers defensively can step up and play well, even though they're going to be playing in Atlanta, you know, that's a tough defense to go against. Lions and Titans, keep an eye on Matt Stafford, injured, but Hawkinson is a play here, as is DeAndre Swift, who came back from injury. Uh, Titans, all the regulars, but I'm not sold on John U. Smith here. Uh, he's getting the targets. Uh, he's not getting the targets, rather. And, and Jeff Swaim actually had more targets, more catches, and he had a touchdown. So, uh, and, you know, John U. had some injuries earlier in the year, so I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I'm, I'm not sold on him this week. Yeah, and I, I talking about the Titans, think back to last year. When did Derrick Henry really go off? 
down the stretch and in the playoffs. Well, that's the time we're in right now. Um, and you're just coming off, what, a 200-plus game. Um, I think as far as the Lions go, you know, Hawkinson, it, it, so much depends on Stafford's health if he's healthy enough to play. But TJ Hawkinson is a guy that I'm seeing before my eyes as the season's going on is turning into the Lions version of Travis Kelsey. They're now, like, the way he scored his touchdown last week was on a shovel pass in the red zone. He's, they're designing plays and continuing to even as the year goes on. So I think not a lot of other tight ends you can say that about. So if you don't have them yet, if you do have them, play them. If you don't have them yet, get them if you can. Texans at Colts, I'm not positive on Watson here. Uh, he had another one of those games with Chicago where he just didn't look all that great. Of course, it was Chicago dominating. And if he's not right, neither is anyone else on that team. Colts, I love Taylor here along with Rivers and Hilton. The other name I'd throw out for the Colts here is Naheem Hines. Um, He didn't have a touchdown last week, but they don't have another option coming out of the backfield in the passing game, and that's where he dominates. So you've got to think, as successful as they've been and he's been at times during this year, out of the backfield, you match him up on a linebacker, that's the one guy you go to, guaranteed. And he's got speed, he's got hands, he's got elusiveness. That's the one guy also, if I had him, I'd play him this game. And of course, he came from NC State. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Eagles at Cardinals. Maybe Jalen Hurts, but definitely Miles Sanders. They had 114 on the ground and four catches. Uh, going up against Kyler Murray, it should be fun to watch anyway. Uh, I do like DeAndre Hopkins here, and Kenyon Drake looks like the second coming of Derrick Henley lately, so I like him too. Yeah, I, I mean – I know it wasn't just me, but didn't Jalen Hurts make watching the Eagles offense fun, really, yeah. for the first time this year? Yeah, and, and, going, up, and going up against uh, Kyler Murray this week, that should be a real fun game to watch. That's what I'm saying. I mean, okay, so as statuesque as uh, Ben Roethlisberger was last week and has been, I mean, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray are just the opposite of that. And Jalen Hurts last week, even though he only threw barely over 100 yards, uh, he also ran for over 100 yards and was successful in the red zone that in, in both ways. And I think that's, that's what, to me, is going to make this probably, at least I'm anticipating it being one of the most exciting games this coming week. These are two offenses that are both, you know, the Cardinals anyway have been successful consistently. The Eagles may be just climbing into that category, but I think they've got the right guy now, quarterback. We'll see. Jets at Rams, play all the Rams, play down to the Jets. What else? It was easy. (laughs) Yeah, I I think, you know, if I would just say the Rams to me, um, you know, I really love the way, uh, you know, uh, Sean McVay has structured this, not only the offense, but the defense, the way they call plays, uh, just the way they're aggressive to the ball uh, defensively, the way they just, you know, they came in with a game plan offensively where they're going to put you in a bind and then continue to make little wrinkles off of that as the game goes on. And I just, I like watching them play. And I think this is going to be a great matchup for them. Obviously the Jets haven't won a game yet and I don't see them winning this one. Chiefs and Saints, Drew Brees may be back. And if that's the case, then Taysom Hill is an option as a flex, but there are going to be better options out there. Uh, Kamara is solid as are Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Anyone on the Chiefs these days is certainly a play. Um, well, there you go. And I, and I think this could be a case where if Breeze plays, it could be too soon. You know, you've got a guy with a couple of 
broken ribs, uh, a, a punctured lung. Not saying it's never time to come back, but I hope they're not going to rush him back this week just to get them on a roll to go into the playoffs. I think, you know, a healthy Drew Brees down the stretch and in the playoffs is more valuable than, you know, him playing this one week. I agree with you. You know, I mean, looking at, I know they were talking about that he might be ready for this week, but you know, they don't need it. You know, I mean, it's, I, I think the, the guy's health is much more important. And, you know, if, if he gets banged up uh, even more in this game, the, you know, then they're Taysom Hill for the playoffs. And I don't yeah. think they want that. And I, and I think, you know, Again, we're talking about Drew Brees. He's 40, what is he, 41? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's, um, it's not uh, 31-year-old Drew Brees. And the guy's been an Ironman his whole career, except for he missed five games last year. And now here he's missed three so far, three and a half. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough. And I, I know he wants to play. I know the team wants him to play. And I know he's he, he likely could come in and have a good game. You just hate to see him risk injury doing it. Browns at Giants. Uh, Browns in the hunt, and they're playing for the division title right now. And after last night's game, it's just unbelievable. Mayfield, Chubb, all plays. It seems Landry's found the home again. Uh, on the Giants, uh, Gallman is still a play despite a lackluster game last week. Landry, as a passer, has found a home. That, <laughs> I mean, he's thrown what four in four games. He's thrown four passes this year. So, um, and in watching them last night. As as all along, but really last night was an apex so far of their season. Even though they lost, offensively, they were dominant up front, dominant. And it wasn't just, you know, Lamar Jackson shaking a guy and making a 40-yard run. It was Baker Mayfield um, having protection to throw. It was them blowing holes open for the running game uh, in crucial times, sustaining long drives. And that's the type of thing that to be successful, you know, obviously having a good seat is going to help. And they also have, you know, a favorable schedule coming down the road. But I think in the playoffs, the way you sustain success is up front, your offense and defensive lines. And to me, the Browns are stellar on both ends. Steelers and Bengals. You know, if it wasn't the Bengals, I'd be hard pressed on the Steelers this week. And that, that hurts. Uh, I definitely like Deontay Johnson here. Uh, I like Juju Smith-Schuster here. I do like Ben because he's going to get you some points, but if you have better options, I'd take him. Uh, I have hardly any targeting of Claypool lately since the Steelers are bent on the short passing options and no deep balls uh, or very few deep balls anyway. So I can't recommend him. I can't even recommend Connor this week, uh, but if he's an option for you, if you have to find a place to play him, you don't have anybody else to go, uh, go with a flex, but that's really about it. You sound like a guy who's lost a couple in a row. I don't know. But I, I you know, the Bengals, unfortunately, Joe Burrow's obviously been out for the season of going back a, a few weeks, uh, and they don't seem to be the same team without him. Um, the Steelers are somehow on a decline, on a quick decline. And thankfully, they've got the Bengals because hopefully they can get some confidence back and some success. And you know, get back to doing what they've been known to do, and that is play great defense, sustain some drives offensively, and get some steam going because to finish the year, they've got the Colts and the Browns. So this is a team that really needs to get on a quick roll and turn things around in a hurry. 
One thing I can say about the Steelers this year, usually as a Steeler fan, I, we're fighting for a playoff spot right about now. We're hopes, we got we did it the opposite this year. We're in the playoffs by winning the first eleven games. We still may not win the division, but at least we're in the playoffs, and they've got three games to right the ship if they can right that while other teams are peaking. You know, and that's that's the downside of this. They're they're trying to figure this thing out, and everybody else that is going to be in the playoffs is on the rise. So not to put down not to put down negative thoughts in your head. Remember when Tiger was in his prime and yes. he would play a guy and a guy would jump out to an early lead in the tournament, maybe by, you know, eight, 10 strokes. And then you could just, as every day goes by, Tiger just kept playing steady and that guy would keep falling backward and backward and backward. And finally Tiger wouldn't do anything spectacular to win. It would just be the other guy would kind of fall out. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen to the Steelers because getting jumping out to an early lead, I think a lot of people could tell they were winning games, uh, that they may not should have won. You know, right. take the first uh, um, Ravens game, for right. example. They got dominated and yet still won. And so I think there was a false sense of, hey, we're undefeated, but are we really that good? Well, I think and- more than that, it was, uh, again, I, I say this as a Steeler fan, we usually don't have a lot of luck during the year. And it looked like we had gotten lucky. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's better to be lucky than good. You know, and it seems now that the injuries have just piled on. I mean, we're down to like um, one of the regular linebackers and that's Watt. Right. you know, and the, uh, all the other linebacker spots are two and three deep, you know, and uh, uh, we lost to Hayden last week who to a concussion the cornerback who's having a great right. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been, a, you know, in the offensive line, they had five healthy guys last week, you know, at the end of the game. So it's just been one of those things. I mean, everybody goes through injuries. Mike Tomlin will not make that excuse. But wow, uh, it's just, it's been a bizarre year to say the least, but it's so not over. That's the something tells me you'd like to see Claypool who they did try to throw a ball to down the field, but yeah. got bit. you would like to see him start to become more involved in. Oh, part yeah. of the you know, I, I, I do because I mean, the guy's a stud. The guy is, he's, he's the guy they drafted as that tall, deep wide receiver uh, that they used to have with, um, um, uh, Plaxico Burris they had with, uh, um, I forget who they had a couple of years ago. Uh, but you know, every team needs one of those. They drafted him as one of those and he's a multi-player. And he is one. He's, he's produced. They just got to, they got to put him back in the game plan. Exactly. Well, there you have it, my friend, Kramer and Brill fantasy football podcast. Now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipson, radio.com and wherever you get your podcast. And now you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at Kramer and That's the easiest way. Keep playing fantasy football. We'll see you next time.